Hello and welcome to another episode of Autodesk Digital Builder Podcast. Today, I'm excited to share that we're releasing the first full episode recorded live at Autodesk University, featuring a conversation with Autodesk CEO Andrew Anagost. And if you're watching this on YouTube right now, you might notice things look just a little bit different. That's because we filmed every episode recorded in New Orleans. So if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and you're curious to see why I'm so fired up, click on the link in the show notes or follow Autodesk Construction Cloud on YouTube. We'll be releasing many more video podcasts in the coming weeks, so be sure to subscribe. We're here for our first live in-person episode of Digital Builder. Of course, it is Autodesk University this week and we are in New Orleans and I was hoping we could sit down and talk a little bit about the construction industry. So thank you very much for being here. Pleasure. Before we get too deep into the industry-specific talk, though, you've been with Autodesk for a while, and I was hoping you could tell me a little bit about your career and experience with the company, because I don't know if everybody out there listening knows a ton about you. Yeah, so I have actually been with Autodesk for a quarter of a century. When it's phrased that way, it sounds like really like a long time. I started my career in what was called the Manufacturing Solutions Division. I actually came from a startup that was building simulation software for the automotive and aerospace industry, and came here to uh, work as part of a product called Inventor, which is the only product that Autodesk built from the ground up besides AutoCAD, and AutoCAD arguably was not totally built from the ground up, that has actually become a successful business. We acquired Revit, so uh, Inventor is the, is the other successful business that, that we built over time. Throughout my career, I've been primarily in the manufacturing world, but I moved rapidly into the cloud platform world. I built the first cloud platform and identity system my team did back in the day when we were beginning some of those transitions. And you know, we ultimately worked on moving the infrastructure of the company to the cloud. So I played a big part in that, a big part in the business model transformation, the cloud infrastructure transformation. A lot of the stuff that we created back in the day, it's all been rewritten, it's gutted, it doesn't exist anymore. But we were part of proving it out and testing it as the company began what has turned out to be a decade-long transition to becoming a cloud company. And there's so much nuance in there and the, the changes that have come with construction specifically in the last few years. Like I joined via the Plankwood acquisition yep. and have worked in construction for nearly a decade myself. So thinking just about construction for a second, as the one that's at the helm of Autodesk, do you have a specific legacy that you'd like to leave for the construction industry? I, I, I do, and, and it's, it's connected to my background, but it's not totally connected to my background. I mean, it's, it's my background applied intelligently to what I see going on in the construction industry. I really want to bring industrial methods to construction, to the AEC industry in general. What I mean by industrial methods is a commitment to digital data flow, a commitment to planning ahead and trying to resolve problems before you cut metal, in this case, before you slice wood or before you pour concrete, really you know, completely building something before you build it and doing it in the kind of way that tightly integrated way, the kind of monitored way and the kind of highly efficient way that finds problems that ma manufacturers have figured out for a long time. Manufacturers can't afford to not do things digitally and connected, and they're always at the forefront of adopting the latest digital technology to try to do that. AEC needs to come forward into that world, and construction in particular needs to digitize more and really needs to adopt some of these methods because the world needs it, right? We can't build as much as we need to build with the money we have. It's just there's not enough money, but we need to build a ton. We can't build it with all the materials we're using today because we'll just continue to destroy the environment and potentially impact the world negatively. And frankly, there's not enough labor 
to build what needs to be built. Even if suddenly there was a turn and people were running into construction like mad, we still wouldn't have enough labor. So this capacity problem can only be solved by digitization and industrialization in this space. And I hope by the time you know, my tenure at Audits is done is we've made some progress on that. And it's, it's such an interesting problem to kind of watch evolving in the last five to 10 years. When I was still working at a couple different general contractors, we had almost no purpose-built tools. And I was more on the, the bid and proposal and tender side. And it was always just chaos because you're emailing Word documents back and forth to each other. You're playing with all these different things. And at the end, when you're trying to assemble all of this stuff in the chaos when it bids to, it's, it's insane. And seeing you know, just where this technology has come and as we started moving into the cloud has been incredibly rewarding to watch, especially being able to work at a company like Autodesk. But I know firsthand that it has a tremendous impact in the way people... Well, you know as well as I do that you know, the bidding process, you get it wrong. You're either annoying your customer because you're piling on change orders or your, your margins are getting squeezed to a very thin level. And bidding and getting bidding right is critical to the health of, of a construction firm, but it's also critical to the you know, relationship with the customer, ultimately. Oh, absolutely. They want to believe the bid. <laughs> it's true, and there's a ton to be said about qualifying yourself as a, as a really good contractor because that relationship ultimately gets a lot more business, which costs your GC a lot less because yeah. you know all the processes yeah. already. You know your systems you know your owner. So there's a, there's a relationship to be built. And then uh, that kind of leads into my next question, actually, tied to some of the announcements we've made. Can you tell us a little bit more about just Autodesk Construction's pivot into the cloud in the last years? And then I'd also, if you could just give me your definition of what a platform is from the perspective of yeah. Autodesk, I'd appreciate that too. So construction is something most every one of us have some kind of experience with, okay? Any, anybody that's either work to have work done where they live, you know, even if they live in an apartment or they own a house, sometimes a construction professional has been in there. And that construction professional is engaged with them on how to do things. We're all familiar with the disconnects, right? You send an email, all right? The email doesn't get tracked, all right? You give them a list, the list doesn't get tracked. You're telling them six, seven times about the same problems that need to be finished, or when they collected the original requirements, they heard them wrong. These problems of basic communication, the cloud's beautiful for this. Look, you know, the, the, the company you came from originally, PlanGrid, really one of the things that you were doing was essentially a punch list in the cloud. It wasn't the only thing, but a punch list in the cloud is, it's an amazingly powerful thing. Because one, you create it once, everybody can see what's being done, what isn't being done, and you can update it in real time. And everybody can be in sync with the same information. So when you put information at the center and the flow of information at the center, the cloud's the natural place to go because the cloud is exceptional at connecting disparate types of data, creating transparency to it for a bunch of people, and allowing real-time collaboration and access on that data. So the cloud is, is an inevitable place for construction to go. And it's because, we've in, in, it's because of that that we've invested so much money in project management in the cloud, bringing things to the field. And ultimately where we're going is pre-construction planning deeply embedded in the cloud and connected to the project execution. The cloud brings the data together and allows you to compute and keep it all aligned along the various parties that are involved. If you tried to do all that in a desktop environment, you'd have the same kind of sync problems that get in the way of any little household project that any of us have encountered in our lives. What we see at home, 
is 10x worse at the GC level in big construction projects. Well, it's such a, it's a crazy scale. And, and the transparency thing for me is always interesting too, because especially when you start talking about a lot of different advanced technology, there's, there's often hesitation. They go, oh, you're watching me for the sake of watching me or something. And some of the things that I've learned in the last couple of years, uh, you know, just hosting this program is it's not watching people to watch people. It's an augmentation conversation. Yes, it is. It's, it's how can we empower people to do the things that they can do very well and take the things that people can't do at scale and give that to a computer to let them do it. And that changes the conversation so much. If all we're doing with this technology is watching people to track their productivity, the technology, one, will not get adopted. Two, it won't deliver the real value it's trying to deliver, which is actually trying to connect the process and make sure there's traceability and, and actually continuity on things that you're trying to do. And, and finally, it's not going to solve the core problem that people need to solve, which is predictability, safety, and profitability. If all it does is track productivity and try to put you on, hey, you, you did X in, in X in Y days, that's not a solution for us. So we're not tracking people to track people. And you asked me earlier, you know, what do we mean by a platform, right? The critical part of the platform is this data flow because the, the data is going to come from different places, okay? We're never going to have a construction universe where data feeds in from one pipeline. You're always going to have data feeding in from other pipelines. So your platform needs to be able to pull in data from multiple places, but rationalize it and make it visible and actionable to people. So everybody needs to be able to get value from the data that's pulled in. And also, other people need to extend it and connect it to other things. They need to connect it to downstream costing systems. They need to connect it to downstream financial systems that, that manage the businesses. And they need to connect it to other types of third-party applications that might add value that we don't add. A platform does that. Uh, AutoCAD was a platform in its original life. It was a desktop platform. Now we're just talking about platforms in the cloud, which are a little bit more sophisticated, and they operate in different ways. But we can't just be productivity management systems. When you connect the data, you're doing far more for the customer than that. And the data part for me is, is it's such an interesting and exciting space to look at now because when you start talking to either more advanced general contractors who are really starting to get into the technology or ones who are a little bit more hesitant and haven't adopted as, as wide of a scale of technology, when you start talking to them about like, what do you want to do with the data or what, what are you doing with the data, and you get them to look forward and have that big picture visibility, that's when the, I think all the, the pieces start to fit together because they're like, your turnover packages that you're giving to your yes. owner now are super transparent. They have everything. You're not plopping a stack of binders on their desk. And they're searchable, and the customer can quickly find what they want to get yep. and get to the questions they want to get. All right, and also, when, when it's done at that level, it's highly traceable, which both the contractor and the customer want. The contractor wants the traceability because they say, you didn't ask for that. <laughs> The customer wants it because, hey, I asked for that. All right, both parts, it's a reciprocal thing with regards to traceability. But when you provide the data as a granular stack, it's much easier to have an interaction on it. We've all gotten PDFs from architects, and because maybe all, not all of us, but you know, I have. And you know, iterating back and forth on a PDF file is not a high fidelity engagement. But we can go beyond that and have interactions at a, at a pretty high fidelity level. And that's good for everybody in the, it creates openness and transparency, and it can create trust because when there's traceability, there's trust, right? Good contracts make good relationships. And part of the contract is like, hey, what do we agree to? And if you can get to what we agreed to quicker and everybody sees it and everybody knows it and there's not everybody bringing out, you know, revision five from the past saying, hey, wait a second, that, no, but, hey, we ended on revision 10. These things matter. 
and they, they change the relationships. I'm chuckling a little bit because I've, I've lived that so much when I was still in GC land where I remember when I was assembling proposals, I get emailed from different executives, like six, seven, eight Word docs because they hadn't developed the, the cloud. None docu- of them connected. Docu- none of it. Right? And then yeah. they go, I've all made different track changes on a single paragraph and I had to assemble them in one spot. And it was painful. And that's such a small scale. And it's error prone too. About. Oh, absolutely. Because yeah. now I'm manually transcribing. And then there's an element of opinion that's into it as well of who, who I pick and choose and how it shows up in that final document. And that's just one of the problems we're addressing. The, the space is much broader. Yeah, absolutely. And when you think about the future state of technology too, like having a real digital twin is really cool. One, you really have to be thinking about it. Like I said a moment ago, that future state, because you're not going to get a digital twin if you step in two feet, you know, one foot in halfway into the process. You go, we're going to do it now. That's a lot more difficult. Um, And also you build that relationship for your contractor, because sometimes owners don't have the ability to actually manage that digital twin they've created. And so being able to bring somebody in from the GC to sustain that relationship Pass there. Now you've got even new revenue models and all kinds of other things. To the think GCs, about. the architects want to get in there as well, and GCs are very interested in getting in there. There's going to be a big, big competition for for who owns the owner relationship. And you're making a good point about where the technology is going. You know, we do this right. Everybody starts with the same blank slate, and there's a co-creation that will go on with regards to the various parties involved: the, the, the customer, the GC the architect that's involved, any of the permitting agencies, frankly, in a, in a future world, they'd be connected to that blank slate and they could see it as it evolves quickly. I mean, the ideal world is this thing evolves in, in between all the groups that are going. It's usually going to be 3D, not 2D. You know, we're not there yet, but we'll get there. And when that thing is finished, it actually is a digital representation of what was built because the three parties are collaborating at all times. So you actually started with a design, but you ended with a, this is what got built. And if that gets handed over to the owner as an asset in perpetuity that they can manage, it's incredibly powerful. And, and if they'll pay to make sure that asset is the as-built state. They will pay to make sure that the GC did the work to make sure the asset is the as-built state because they'll see, they'll see value in that. And it comes back to just the, the construction industry being such a relationships-driven one. I, I can't think of any other industry that will have a $400 million project that has 40 different contractors, all boots on the ground, building this thing. And as you build technology to better empower those relationships and those conversations, everybody wins, especially with all the challenges we're all very familiar with construction, whether it's the labor shortage or you know materials and supply and such. If everybody's lockstep in that way and you've empowered them in the cloud, you've made such a difference it, where it, people can just do the work. It makes a huge difference. And of course, especially if you empower them in a high trust way, because Let's face it, you know as well as I do in the ecosystem, those 40 contractors or suppliers or subcontractors, they're frenemies, okay? Because they're all waiting for the other one to blame them for something, right? And if the technology can mitigate who is responsible for what, who made what changes, who was in the process at what time, and resolve those conflicts. Now, some, some of them might say, well, I don't want anybody to know that it was my mistake, but they, they want to know that it's somebody else's mistake. So at some point, you create a reciprocity there that, that over time, maybe initially they don't want to get into that, but over time it creates a trusting relationship because everybody knows that, okay, everybody's watching me, they know what I did, everybody's watching them, they know what they did. Okay, so now let's just solve the problem. And I think that is pretty powerful because I'm sure in your, in your career, you've seen plenty of disputes and they often go to lawsuits about who was responsible for what. 
And if we as technology providers can answer that question at all times during the process, then these people can just focus on getting the work done and not covering their you-know-whats. Yeah, and you step out of that unfortunate, contentious situation that we find ourselves in right now, because it, it makes sense. People want to protect themselves. They want to protect their people and their bottom line. But as you kind of shift that, that model of construction and you empower them with what you're alluding to there, that conversation changes so it much. It does. It changes a lot. Yeah. You can take low-trust ecosystems to high-trust ecosystems. And, and also, as the technology moves forward, you can start impacting the ecosystem that they work in, the permanent ecosystem, the uh, owner ecosystem, the infrastructure ecosystem, all the ecosystems that they have to plug into. If those ecosystems start to move to digital because they're seeing value in that, it greases the skids for the entire ecosystem. One of the things I find interesting right now, and it's, it's driven by technological advances, the infrastructure bill, you're actually hearing conversations in the Congress, slightly dysfunctional ones, about permitting. When was the last time anybody heard about permitting in con Congress? In the last, it's probably 30, 40 years. This current discussion on permitting probably won't go anywhere, but it'll come back, it'll come back, and eventually it will go somewhere. And that's going to have another change in the ecosystem, and digital's gonna play a role in that. It's gonna make it possible. There's so many interesting logistical challenges that our industry faces that finding ways to, to mitigate that is gonna be huge. I'm very interested to see how the deployment of the Infrastructure Act ends up being as everything kind of comes together. Huge step forward, just being able to get all that funding. I'm pretty excited to see where, where we're kind of headed now. I have a couple more questions for you. One, so we've announced a lot of changes. Mm -hmm. and Autodesk Construction Cloud has changed a lot in the last few years since it was announced. How do you and other executives across the company make sure that we're keeping the customer very central uh, in focus as those changes come to fruition? Yeah, and let's, let's talk about some of those changes, okay? Because, you know, over the last three years, it's clear they've been heading in one direction. But if you look over the last eight years, it's clear, you know, Autodesk's initial bets in construction weren't exactly what we wanted, okay? And, you know, as a result, you know, that creates some pain for our customers because, let's face it, we took them on a journey with one system. We, we tacked a little right, got them to another system, and then we tacked a little left, and we're taking them to another system. And... You know, a lot of customers who adopted at the first tack aren't happy with the next tack, and that's a natural thing, all right? And keeping the customer at the center of that journey is like, is super important. And one, it's also important to be super honest with the customer and say, look, we were finding, we were pathfinding. We believe now that we have found an excellent path. And if you look at what we've been done over the last two to three years, we are on a super consistent path. Now, there are still customers out there that we have to move fully onto that path, and we have to do it in a way that works for them, supports their project timelines, and supports their goals. So one of the things that helps us keep the customer at the center right now is we've got customers in a lot of different systems, but we know that Autodesk Build and what we've done with Autodesk Construction Cloud is by far the sustainable path that we're on. So we have to bring them over to that in a high-trust way, in a high-success way, so that they, we get them on the highway to the future, and then we stay on that highway so that we don't tack in such a way that, that disrupts them again. And I, I'm committed to not doing that, and I think the whole entire team is committed to getting them on the right path. I think we've built a hell of a product here, and I think we've built a hell of an ecosystem, and I think we're heading in the right direction. We were learning along the way, and some of our early adopters are paying a little bit of a price for porting to the various systems. But we're there with them, and we're trying to help them do it. And I think that's key to keeping the customer at the center is bringing them along for the whole entire journey. Because even while we 
you know, move with the construction cloud in one direction. We're going to add new things, new ways of working. When we get our highly automated pre-construction planning tools out there, we're going to have to help our customers grapple those. But the connection between design, pre-construction, and on-site construction management, this is a huge place. You know as well as I do. In pre-construction planning, that's where they either make all the mistakes or have all the hallelujah moments, okay? And they, if they get that wrong and they go into the bid and the project and, and it doesn't all line up, it hurts. But if we can help them do that dance between design and bid in the pre-construction planning process, it's huge. But we got to bring them there. And I think keeping the customer at the center is about focusing on that problem and solving that problem and bringing real value real predictability and real margin expansion to them in their process. And I think the point you made about bringing them along is, is such a key element, especially for the construction industry, if we're focused directly on that, because it's hard to bring new technology to a project if you've built your processes and everything else. And if you're not communicating that in the right way and helping people along, whether it's a GC who's just decided or if we're helping somebody out, there's a lot that goes into those conversations. And especially when the margins are so narrow, when people are working so many hours. And so like, I feel like we're knocking it out of the park. Um, I may be biased since I also <laughs> happen to work at Autodesk, but I, I'm very happy to see this journey that we're on in just building focused products that really support construction. Because for such a long time, nothing existed like this. It was, you're gonna use your spreadsheets, you're gonna use yeah. your non-purpose-built tools, and they got the job done because it's such an innovative and interesting industry with brilliant people. It's, it's a real privilege to, to support that industry, but it just it hadn't been there for a long time. It's tough. Absolutely, you know, they, they need the tools and they need the mindset to change. Sometimes it's risky. Here's what's also changed, right? With, since the tools have gotten better, and since the tools are purpose-built now, people are defining their competitiveness on how good they are with these tools. The more digital firms are going to have the more accurate bids. They're going to win the bids at margins that are sustainable. The less digital firms are, could win the bids at margins that aren't sustainable or lose the bids because they couldn't get that extra thing out of it that, that got them there. The digital firms are, are going to be the winners, and people are seeing that. And that's accelerating. It's also making them demand more from us because they know that they know that digital is going to win. It's like, ah, oh, Autodesk, okay, wait a second, you've done this, but I need this and I need this. And that's great. When we get to that point where we're not talking about, hey, we need, we need to get you on the cloud and we're talking about what do you need from the cloud next, that you know you're at a tipping point. Yeah, there's a, there's a nuance there, and it's, it's just so fun to see everything come together at that point. I've got one final question for you. And let's, let's pretend technology barriers that we have right now don't exist anymore. If we look out a decade from today, like what would your ideal state for the construction industry be at that point? Yeah, I, I think everything should be real-time. And when I mean real-time, I, I mean real-time insights, real-time geometry modification, real-time communication with design firms, engineering firms. Everything happens in real-time. And asynchronously, perhaps, but, you know, because not everybody can respond at the same time as other people. But... It's constant on, right? And it's constantly updated and modified in real time. Everybody knows what's going on at each stage in the process. And we're actually making solid suggestions to all the parties involved that help resolve conflicts. So our software or our machinery in the middle, for lack of a better word, machine intelligence in the middle, actually can help the disparate competing interests solve a problem and suggest it to them and get them moving quicker in real time. That is a world that I think is gonna be incredibly powerful. I think people are gonna solve problems at a speed they've never been able to solve before. They're gonna innovate at a speed 
They've never been able to innovate before, and they're going to like each other a lot more. All right, uh, you know the Cold War between architects and GCs. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> you know it is a Cold War. It's, it's true. You know, it's it, it's you know, an it, interesting it, relationship. It will. It will. You know, we can we can help with that technology. It won't. It can't solve it, but it can help with that. And you know, the engineering firms are often stuck between the Cold War. You know, they were the proxy wars happen, and the, you know they they're going to need that help. If we can do that with technology, and I believe in 10 years now, we will be able to arbitrate those conflicts and those decisions in real time. I think we're gonna help lubricate the ecosystem a lot more and, and make it a lot more productive and a lot better problem solvers, which we need for the sustainable future we're trying to create. Yeah, I think it comes back to that, that augmentation part that we were talking about earlier. It's, it's how can we empower people to, to do what they're gonna do and make sure that technology steps up and you know fills all those gaps, whether you're talking labor shortage or technology or communication issues. The capacity problem isn't going away. Yeah. There's never going to be enough money, there's never going to be enough material, and there's never going to be enough labor. And we've got to solve that capacity problem and help them solve it, and technology is the best way. Look what manufacturing's done, okay? Manufacturing is increasingly over time, which gets us full circle back to where we started. Over, over decades and decades, manufacturing has increased its capacity with finite resources. They actually use less resources per asset built than they've ever in their history, okay? So they, they've refined to use less of stuff and increase their capacity even when their labor pool is shrank, when people aren't spending necessarily more money on certain things. They have been a capacity creation machine. We need to bring some of that mojo to the AEC industry. And I, I really do believe we can. I believe they can be a capacity creation machine too. They're going to have to be. I feel like we're, we're definitely on track. And, you know, a lot of the things that you're sharing here, as far as your vision for the industry, I'm very optimistic are going to have a, a tremendous impact on there. Again, thank you so much for giving us a little bit of your time here. Uh, joining pleasure. on Digital Builder. Happy to have you on again in the future if you have anything else you'd like to share with our audience. But, I'm sure uh, we can come back again. <laughs> otherwise, again, just thank you. Appreciate it. You're very welcome. Thank you.